Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And with that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs. That is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Only an hour show to go today. We're going to make it count. What's up, Frankie? What's going on, Greggy? Happy Tuesday to you. We'll talk some fantasy football again today. The NFC South, a very fantasy-relevant division. But before all that, Greg, how'd you sleep last night? How was kickball yesterday? Uh, kickball was fantastic. Found it. We had 10 people, one short, played 11, and got away with a victory. 7-5, baby. Let's go. I was also victorious in basketball. What up? Let's go. 17-point victory. How about that? Oh, man. How many points you put up? I, I didn't I didn't get to see the scorebook, but it was, it was over 20, for sure. So without your points, you, you would have lost. There you go. How about that? It's also a good day because I slept well, you slept well, we came across winners, and joining us for the first time this fantasy football season, the first time of many, we hope, it's our good buddy, it's our BFF, it's Eric Young. What's up, man? Boys, boys, it's good to be back. I, you know, I was seeing uh, the, the intro and seeing the, the graphic, the BFFs. I feel like BFFs is, is, is definitely a thing in our hearts. Uh, <laughs> we're thinking about Michael Florio every day, a former member. Um, I kind of abandoned you guys in your time of need last year, uh, but I'm back, and uh, I'm pumped for fantasy football, man. So am I, man. Like, we did this yesterday. We started this intro together, and we were just like, wow, this is fun. And I realized just how many questions that I had and how to answer it. You were texting us about your, your Scott's Fishbowl team. Uh, Frank, you, <laughs> made, you made your third pick, which is great. Uh, nobody's made a pick in my league all day. So things are going. Oh, that's great! Things are going, going swimmingly for really, you, right? Really, really oh, well. I'd, I'd be out for blood, man. <laughs> so some I, guy took like twenty minutes on the first the first round, and I wanted to find him and just beat his ass. So as much, and I'm sca- sure you could, Ewan. It's much scarier when you say that. Um, but for- <laughs> I don't mean I don't mean it. I'm harmless, but I mean, come on, man! First round. So so I felt the same way. So I reached out on Twitter. We have a Twitter like a group of direct message between all of us. Yeah. So I reached out and I tweeted about this. I'm like, hey, like. Just to make your pick or auto or like pre-pick it. Like you kind of know what's going on. And the guy, and I said this on the air yesterday, the guy responded, yeah, I, I, I don't do that. I'm like, why? It's just, it's just rude to everybody. He goes, it's not, it was like one of those like tortoise and the hare jokes. And I'm just like, it's, it's fantasy football, man. Like make your pick. We all want to talk about it. We want to have fun. People are tweeting about it. Uh, there's an eight minute, there's an eight hour time limit. That's what, that's what the rule is. I'm like, are you serious, dude? So the same guy that took hours to make his first pick yesterday at three overall has not made his pick in the third round. Frank, I show it to you right there. 
We are stopped. He needed three hours to select Ezekiel Elliott. Correct. It's really, it's really a tough pick. And here, and here we are, third <laughs> pick in the third round. Nothing. If EY was in that draft, uh, he would no doubt put that gentleman through a table, and he was deserve man. it too. I, I've already pre-picked my pick. Like I'm not even going to know when I pick because it's already done. I've already made my selection. I'm not worrying about it. There's no excuse for it anymore. Everyone's carrying their phone. You're getting alerts. You know that it's your pick. You get it. Like, come on, man. And also somebody, and this also bothers me, someone's like, oh, I have a really busy week at work this week. I'm not saying you don't. That's, I totally get it. Do you know how long it takes to pick a pick? Like, yeah. you have a busy week of work. I have a busy week of work. Eric's always traveling, right? Like, we're it's, all busy. Obviously, he's the only guy that has a job. You're right. It's amazing. It yeah. takes you five minutes to look, scroll through your players, and you have a running list of guys that you want. Everyone's traveling and working. It takes five minutes. When you go poop, we all poop. Make your pick. Except, except girls. They don't poop, Greg. The girls poop worse than guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest with you. I'm sorry for you. Never. Never. <laughs> Never. Well, whatever. Well, EY's wife likes salad, so, you know. You don't like salad. That's the explanation. Frankie salad now. Uh, for, uh, EY, you haven't been around a while. I willingly am eating salads nowadays, so a lot has changed. Oh, well, well, welcome to adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if you ask me, I, I would still rather uh, be, be trapped in my childhood. You know, a nice little 20-piece of nuggets. But me too. I got to start to... Gotta start to Rock look after the for a salad every time, but you know, <laughs> gotta take care of that rig, buddy. <laughs> gotta start to, to to work on the the belly here a little bit, EY. All right, we're gonna take a break, guys. When we come back, we're gonna dive in the NFC South. I have a lot of questions, and thankfully for Frank, he has somebody else that can help him answer it. EY, Frank, Greg, we're all here for the next hour, and we're breaking down the NFC South. Stick around. More on the way from the BFFs. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Just so you know, both of you, I just looked it up. The guy that's been on the clock in my Scott's Fishbowl. Greg will not let this go. Has been on the clock for six hours. It's absurd. Six hours. People are taking the slow draft quite literally here, Greg. A pick was made at 18 a.m. this morning, and another pick has not been made in this draft. I'll be willing to wager that your draft is going to end up being the slowest. Seems that way. You're, you're at pick, Six hours. It's at pick 303, in right? 303. Jeez. We're only, I think, in the fourth round of mine. It's moving pretty slow, too. Yeah, we're at 312 in mine. but I, it, And these are two of the slower drafts, and yours is even farther behind that. Oh, so. I wonder if I'm the slowest draft at this point. I don't even know how to find that. I don't, I don't, I don't I mean, you could probably go through all of them. I'm not going seems to like it's that. not worth I'm it. I'm not going to do that, yeah. <laughs> such a cool league. Scott yes. Fish is the man. Absolutely. Fantasy cares. It's such a... It's just a super cool thing. And that's like, for me, the biggest thing of being on the show and stuff is the community, the fantasy community. Um, I'm not a a professional or a writer or an analyst or any of that. I'm more of just a a fan. Um, It consumes my life, 
I'm a knowledgeable fan, I would say, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's cool to be part of it, man. Super cool. Scottfish is the man. Absolutely. Scottfish is awesome. He's been all over the media, and for good reason, because Fantasy Care is a super important organization. We all play uh, play this. The entire fantasy community, hundreds of players get in this uh, to have a good time. Almost good thousands cost. at this point. I mean, yeah, there right. is 8,000. It's 1,200. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah 1,200 1, this year. Yep. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. So, very good stuff from Scott Fish and Scott's Fish Bowl 9 here taking place this year. Let's get into the NFC South because we all have questions, so let's answer them. And I'm going to start with Alvin Kamara because Mark Ingram does not exist on the New Orleans Saints anymore. He has taken his talent to Baltimore. Behind Alvin Kamara, it's Latavius Murray, Buck Allen, and Dwayne Washington. <laughs> Added him in there because it was what? fun. What was that little hee-hee? Dwayne Washington, you know, because like, <laughs> he's always a thing at some point every year. Yeah. I thought it was funny. All right. He was a pickup in like week 15 last, exactly. uh, last year, right? Or something All right. Like that. So... The question, first question I had was, can Alvin Kamara finish as the number one overall player? I think the answer to that is yes. Like, I think he has that ability. That's why he's being drafted in the top four to be the number one overall player. But, Frank, I'll start with you with this question. I named all the backups, Murray, Buck Allen, and Dwayne Washington. Can any of them cut a slice out of Alvin Kamara's touches like we've seen in the past from Mark Ingram? Do any of them take that much of the pie? I don't think any of them will take as much as Mark Ingram did. I don't, I don't think that they will all combine, really, for what Mark in- Ingram was able to provide for this offense. I think Latavius Murray is going to come closest to that. But remember, Mark Ingram had a two-year stretch where he caught like over 50 passes in each of those years. He was a top 10 running back in both uh, 2016 and 2017. Kind of got derailed last year because he had the suspension. He came back later. Uh, wasn't really quite himself. And it seemed like the Saints knew all along that they were going to let him walk at the end of the season. So I think that's why they leaned a little bit more on Alvin Kamara, on Michael Thomas. Uh, but I do think Latavius Murray will come closest to that Mark Ingram role. Uh, and look, Latavius Murray has been a good touchdown scorer in his career. He has 34 career rushing touchdowns in 77 games. Only 48 of those are starts. So, I mean, and if you think about it, 34 career touchdowns and 48 starts, that's a pretty good ratio. He's, he's a... He's a touchdown scorer. He's someone that can be used inside the red zone. 25 of his 34 career rushing touchdowns have come from within 10 yards. So I, I think that you know, there's a chance that he's going to score anywhere from like six to eight, nine touchdowns this year for the New Orleans Saints. But I don't think that he's going to be used in the pass game as much as Mark Ingram was. How come? I just don't think that he's as good as a pass catcher as Mark Ingram. So I think a lot of people look at Alvin Kamara yeah. and they're like, oh, he's... Almost a better pass catcher. Than no, I was talking about Latavius Murray. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay. I mean, Alvin Kamara is going to get his. Got it. His first two seasons, up over 100 targets, exactly 81 receptions. You know, I would, I would expect at least that. Right. 100 targets, 80 right. receptions. And with Mark Ingram gone and the fact that Latavius Murray, I believe, is not as good of a pass catcher totally agree. as Ingram, you might even have room for Alvin Kamara's reception totals and target totals to increase. So given that those numbers are awesome, as, as amazing as we expect, why aren't you taking him number one overall? I think just because of the safety that a Saquon Barkley provides in terms of his snap, his snap percentage, his usage overall, as much as he's going to touch the ball, both rushing and receiving. Look, as great as Alvin Kamara is, he is one of the most efficient players in the NFL. And I don't really think that efficiency is going to go away. A lot of people thought, you know, last year the efficiency was going to go away. He scored 13 touchdowns as a rookie, four, uh, 18 total last year. So the efficiency didn't go anywhere. But the fact that 
Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott and Christian McCaffrey are all going to touch the ball more consistently than Alvin Kamara. That's why I think people might lean with them over Kamara. Um, I don't honestly. I don't know if that's the right or wrong answer because Kamara has now done it for two years in a row. Let me go over to EY here. Alvin Kamara. There's nothing not to like. Mark Ingram to me the big always the biggest threat uh, to Kamara. He's gone, and I'm not this big Latavius Murray guy personally. I'm not re- really worried about Buck Allen in the passing game either. It's going to be all Kamara, who's safely in the top four. I think people look at him and Christian McCaffrey and see very similar things. But C-Mac uh, going to a lot of the places that I've seen, Kamara going three. But I think you can make a case that he deserves to go number one. Uh, how excited are you, Eric, about Alvin Kamara this year? I think for those top four running backs, you could argue uh, they should go first for pretty much any of them. The, you know, the argument against uh, Saquon Barkley is that he plays on the Giants. And, you know, with Eli Manning throwing the ball or, or Daniel Jones throwing the ball, they're not going to threaten downfield. Um, so, you know, he's going to see eight guys in the box a lot, maybe even more than he needed last year. For me, Kamara, as far as the half-point PPR and full-point PPR, he's he's the guy. And I think by letting Mark Ingram go, the Saints said, like, he, we're going to increase his, his workload. Now, when I think of the Saints, I still have a hard time separating that, look, this is not a high-volume throwing team anymore. They're a high-volume running team. Drew Brees is still going to throw the ball a good amount, but a lot of times he's throwing that to his running backs. And I think what Frank said is I think Ingram is a better all-round player and better pass catcher, but Latavius Murray is going to get his. The guy is a touchdown-making machine. Um, it makes you wonder what he would do as, as a full-time starting back. Um, I feel like in today's NFL, maybe his hands aren't good enough. His route running isn't uh, crisp enough to, to be a, a three-down back. But I take Latorius Murray on my team in my in my flex, or even if I if I was really stacked at wide receiver, even my uh, running back too, because he's going to score touchdowns. I mean, it's a given, and especially with the Saints. I think it's a really good point because Latavius Murray has shown throughout his career, no matter where he's been, he has a nose for the goal line. He does. And I could certainly see Sean Payton pulling Kamara. Not that he always does it, but sometimes pulling him at that goal line and using Latavius Murray. I don't know if I want him as an RB2, I guess, depending on my wide receivers, but I I think there is something to be said at the end of your draft or in an auction, not just using Latavius Murray as a potential handcuff, but drafting him to play him every week, Frank. Yeah, and when it comes to Latavius Murray, you can't even wait that late. I mean, he's he's going in round seven, eight right now. Really? Oh, you're you're drafting Latavius Murray as your flex right now in most leagues. And look, he's not going as high as Mark Ingram was going in years past, but you know he's still going in that flex running back range. He's being drafted as a you know top thirty-five running back right now. Um, I'm not sure that I would be as excited to do so in full point PPR, but. In half PPR, where the touchdown still matters a lot, and obviously in standard or non-PPR, where you know touchdowns really, really matter the most, then yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that Latavius Murray is going to be a serviceable flex there. Greg, how about this for a stat? Uh, each of the past two seasons, the Saints have finished top five in scoring, and during that stretch, they finished fir- first in rushing touchdowns in both seasons. And basically, Alvin Kamara, everything from his his rookie season to his sophomore season went up. His snap percentage went up from 44% to 66%. His red zone usage was incredible. He had he went from 25 red zone carries in his rookie season to 51 last year, Greg. He doubled it. His red zone targets went from 17 to 27 last year. So Alvin Kamara was just used tremendously in the red zone. So if Latavius Murray eats into that a little bit, 
then maybe, look, you can't project Alvin Kamara for 18 touchdowns, obviously, or even like the 14 from his, his rookie season. I mean, that's just absurd. You know, like, the projectability of touchdowns is just so wonky from year to year. Uh, but it, it, he still does play in a really high-octane offense, a an offense that is starting to lean more on the run, as EY said, and there are stats to back that up. Their defense has gotten better each of the past three seasons. Their pass attempts have gone down each of the past three seasons. So that's a direct, direct correlation, and because of that, they're running the football more. You mentioned the passing attempts going down each of the last few seasons. Let's talk about Drew Brees on the other side and where we rank him inside our top quarterbacks, if he's still a top quarterback. We'll also talk about his top target, Michael Thomas. All that and more from the NFC South on the way next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Swing for the fences, playing Daily Fantasy Baseball at DailyRoto.com. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win a million bucks in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament. Become one of the countless number of other people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount, and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and use of the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions of dollars in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package, available now at DailyRoto.com. The promo code is FNTSY, and get your 10% discount today. That promo code is F-N-T-S-Y. All righty. Let me get back into the Saints. And Eric, before we left off, we were talking, or Frank was mentioning how the Saints passing attack has gone down each of the last few years. I know Frank feels pretty strongly, or has in the past, I haven't asked him this year, in regards to Drew Brees still being an elite quarterback. Do you believe that Drew Brees this year in 2019 is a QB1? Is he a top 12 quarterback to you? Drew Brees is an elite quarterback, but I don't believe he's an elite fantasy football quarterback. And sometimes you've got to separate those two things. I want Drew Brees on my football team. But I don't think I'm want him quarterbacking my fantasy team. Stat-wise, they're just not going to have the volume. He's going to do whatever it takes to win. Um, you know, he, he spreads the ball all over the field. Loves throwing it to Colston. But they're a running team now. That's they show themselves, and it's gone up every year. And I think this year it'll go up again. According to the NFFC, Frank, over the month of July, so just the, the first last week or so, Drew Brees is the ninth quarterback on average taken. Going right after him, Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, and then here's some big names, Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, and Phillip Rivers. Your last year, you were pretty much the banging the drum for the anti-Drew Brees guy. You're just like, look, his numbers are going down. Don't think of him as his automatic, you just put him in and forget about it guy. Drew Brees is number nine this year. What do you think? Yeah, I would, ha- I would rather have all those quarterbacks that are going after him right now. 
And I know, you know people are going to make arguments about Cam Newton's shoulder. You know, I'm a, I'm a little scared about Cam Newton as well. Uh, and the fact that Kyler Murray is a rookie, but his dual threat ability, uh, you can't really argue with that. Jameis Winston being paired with Bruce Arians. Ben Roethlisberger still has one of the best offensive lines, one of the best weapons in the league. Uh, so I think you can make an argument for all of those quarterbacks, uh, those five, six quarterbacks that you mentioned that are going behind him. Even Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers has f- amazing weapons. And I think that he's probably going to have to throw the ball a little bit more than a Drew Brees is going to have to do. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, a healthy Hunter Henry, Melvin Gordon as well. So I think you can make the argument for you know those five or six quarterbacks that are going behind Drew Brees. Look, we all like Drew Brees, and I agree with what EY said. He's still a phenomenal quarterback, and he still has really good weapons himself, still has a really good offensive line. But what I mentioned a little while ago was his pass attempts have gone down from 673. Think about this. 673 in 2016 to 536 in 2017, 489 last year. They've decreased by almost 200 pass attempts in a three-year span. So he's not throwing the ball as much, and during that time, his defense has gone from 27th to 17th to 14th. So there's a a direct correlation. They're playing better defense. They're running the football more. I mentioned that they are number one in rushing touchdowns each of the past two seasons. Drew Brees scored four rushing touchdowns last year as well. Do you really think he's going to score four rushing touchdowns again this year? One year older? I would just not bank on those things happening. So I I just don't think that I'm going to have Drew Brees anywhere in fantasy this year, Greg, just because I like those names that are going behind him more so for fantasy. Final question when it comes to the Saints. Given these numbers... Eric, that Frank mentioned about the passing going down. Is that the only reason we're not taking Michael Thomas as the number one wide receiver? Sure, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, two names that are uh, ahead of Thomas. Is it just the quantity at the reason that Michael Thomas is not going as the first wide receiver off the board? Yeah, I mean, for me, the number one thing, I'm not like a huge number. I, uh, I just I don't follow that. I, I'm, uh, I'm more of an... Um, skill and opportunity and getting the ball more opportunity that's that's where fantasy is won and lost and colston is an unbelievable wide receiver he's put up huge numbers but listen to me the saints are not a passing team they're a running team that's what they are now and you need to separate that even though colston's still there breeze is still there and peyton is still the coach they've switched over time and they are they control the ball they hold the ball they keep the ball and they run it and like frank was saying 200 plus or whatever it was throws in in two years that's a pile that's a pile of missed opportunity or 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 gained opportunity for the running game so go after the running backs don't avoid colston don't avoid breeze but you got to be realistic they're just not going to be the superstar fantasy players that they have been in the last two or three years you can count on michael thomas for sure uh where you're counting on him as he is the number one as your number one wide receiver no issue but as the number one overall wide receiver I probably like Adams and Hopkins more, just for that quantity yep. issue. Yeah, and I would probably take Julio Jones and Juju Smith-Schuster ahead of him as well. Really? As of now. I haven't yep. completed my rankings, but I think having I Michael Thomas as like your top five or six wide receiver is not a bad thing. If you look at where he's finished each of the past three seasons, wide receiver six, wide receiver six, and wide receiver seven. That's just exactly who he is. He's a top sure. seven wide receiver. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, the targets are there. You know, he's had at least 92 receptions in every season, back-to-back seasons of 147-plus targets, so... Even with the pass attempts coming down for Drew Brees, the targets are still there for Michael Thomas, and he gets you know 28% or more of their target share each of the past two years, uh, and that's perfectly fine for what he is. He is a top five, six, seven wide receiver. That's fine. For me, he's not inside the top three. 
All right, you mentioned Julio Jones. Let's get to the Atlanta Falcons next here, guys. Julio Jones, a top five wide receiver for you. Frank, is he a top five wide receiver for you as well, Eric? Oh, geez. I mean, for me, uh, I think he's my number one. Okay. And it's it's early. It's still early. Definitely. You know, I'm a, I'm 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 a huge preseason guy, but 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 going by who he is, I think he's my number one. Okay. So Julio Jones very much inside the top five for EY. I know you love Julio as well this year, Frank. Yeah, and look, how can you argue with it, right? I'm not, it's, not. Yeah, it's yeah. you know, fourteen hundred yards receiving in five straight seasons. Uh he's also been more durable during that time. He's played at least fourteen or more games in five straight seasons during that stretch as well. He scored eight touchdowns last year. All eight of those came from week eight on, so perhaps and remember it was something... a thing the first eight weeks that he couldn't get in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, it became a hashtag last year, never Julio, right? Like, no one wanted to, wanted to play Julio anymore, or at least it was like a parody about Julio not scoring touchdowns, but he scored eight touchdowns from week eight on last year, so hopefully that's something that can carry over. And I actually looked into this, Greg, uh, with Dirk Cutter coming back as the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons. Back in 2012 with Dirk Cutter, uh, Julio Jones had a career-high 20 red zone targets that year and had a career-high 10 touchdowns. So that was back in 2012. So I'm hoping that they can build off of some of that red zone usage, that, that, that touchdown potential that we saw in years past with Dirk Cutter as the OC now reunited with the Atlanta Falcons. The wide receiver that the uh, Falcons drafted in the first round just a year ago was Calvin Ridley, who scored a ton of touchdowns himself last year. But... He's still the third man, right? Muhammad Sanu, still going to get his. Calvin Ridley did everything that he did last season with a low amount of targets, and then the, the, the quantity obviously was not there. Dirk Cutter coming in, well, it will change things. What kind of leap, Frank, should we expect from Calvin Ridley in year two? I think where he's being drafted right now, which is that late fourth, early fifth round, you know, I wouldn't want him as my wide receiver two. I would like him a lot more as my wide receiver three. I think that that's a fair range. Maybe it's a touch too high for him, but I think some of those targets that we saw Mohamed Sanu get last year, I mean, he was Mohamed Sanu was second on this team with 94 targets last year. Calvin Ridley was 92. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, that comes back a little bit for Mohamed Sanu and he's around that 80 target range, and then we see Calvin Ridley get up around, you know, 110 targets. I think he's certainly going to be over 100 targets, and you know, look, he scored t- 10 touchdowns last year, so he has a nose for the end zone. He knows how to get in. We know how talented he is as a route runner. And, you know, if teams are double-teaming uh, Julio Jones, even triple-teaming him in the red zone, that means somebody else is going to be open. So whether it's, you know, whether it's their their, their tight ends or it's, it's Calvin Ridley, I think that there's going to be touchdowns to go around for the Atlanta Falcons pass catchers, uh, a la the 10 touchdowns that we saw Calvin Ridley score Last year, So I actually, I looked into when Dirk Cutter was the OC again, and something stood out to me. Back in 2014, Julio Jones finished with over 100 catches, 1,500 yards, six touchdowns, wide receiver six. Roddy White was also still on that team, had 122 targets, 80 receptions, 921 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns. That was good enough to finish wide receiver 17 as a top 20 wide receiver. Greg, do you think that Calvin Ridley can come close to that because Dirk Cutter has at least shown that he can get the most out of two wide receivers with the Atlanta Falcons and with Matt Ryan as a quarterback? So 80 receptions, 920, and 7, that would finish as a top 20 wide receiver. I guess the question is, do you think Calvin Ridley can get to that? I think think he can. I think he's really talented, but I am concerned because, as I said, Mohamed Sanu is still there. He has not gone anywhere. He's not as talented as I think Calvin Ridley is. I don't know for sure that he's the number two, quote-unquote, wide receiver there. I think that's 80 catches. 
I think it's a lot, man. I think it's just a it lot of It might be a little bit too much. Yeah. He might be in the 110 to 115 targets. Correct. Exactly. More so like 70 to 75 catches. Correct. But if he's like 850 to 900 yards and 7, 8 touchdowns, that's probably a high-end wide receiver three. Going, Looking at some of the players that are going around him, uh, Tyler Lockett, Mike Williams, Cooper Cup, Sammy Watkins, I think it's the right area for him probably. Yeah, no? You don't I think th- so? I think I would want a few of those guys ahead of him actually. I, I agree. Yeah. But I don't think it's like dramatically that he's like in this wrong spot. Yeah. No, I think he should be more so entrenched in like the fifth round, like a little bit behind some of those guys. That's fine. EY, where are you in Calvin Ridley? I feel like that he'll increase his usage from last year. Muhammad Sanu has been a very reliable receiver for a long time, but he's getting long in the tooth. Ridley, I was a guy that I had all over the place yeah. last year. And I think he's kind of a guy that can do everything. You can light him up out wide. He's not. Big body like Julio, but nobody is. Um, but but he, he he's got he's got okay size, um, good route running. They they line him up all over the field, and I think they're going to do the same thing. And the number one reason why I like Julio and I like Ridley and even Sanu, uh, I think Cooper hasn't increased. But my number one thing is Matt Ryan's going to have a year. I don't remember the number, but I want to say it's twelve or thirteen games are indoors. He goes off yeah. indoors. Right now, Matt Ryan is my my fifth quarterback. Matt Ryan, we'll get to him in just a moment, as well as the running game in Atlanta. So let's pick apart here. Stick around. A lot more to go. Just 20 minutes to do it. Next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. I think people are listening because I'm now off of my Scott's Fishbowl track. He might be listening, EY, who knows? That was great. So I was going to take two wide receivers. Both of them were just went 3-4. I'm in the middle of the third round, EY, and three quarterbacks are off the board. Frank recommends I take the fourth and just draft Andrew Luck here. Last time we talked to EY, a while ago. Andrew Luck was not a quarterback. He was not a quarterback. He's a quarterback now. He is a quarterback. Definitely and, a quarterback. And he is a part of that that foursome, Greg. He, that is the tier one of quarterbacks. In my opinion, there is a very big drop-off after that top four quarterback tier. Uh, so given that it's a super flex league, if I were you, I would I would take Andrew Luck. And the way that I've seen these Scott Fishbowl leagues playing out so far is that wide receivers are getting pushed down the board. So I still think that you get a really good wide receiver in round four because you don't have one yet. I do not, I, I do not have one. Correct. Let's see here. All right. Man, it's tough. It is tough. You don't have to do it right now. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I'm holding up my draft right such now. Such a wacky league. There's, there's no way to prepare for it with the tight end, uh, the extra points for the yards and the first downs, and then two quarterbacks, which is the thing that I'm still adjusting to. It's, it's a wacky, it's a wacky league. It, it's hard. Like you get so used to drafting quarterbacks late, or, or, or you know, my and my draft running backs are going crazy. Like, yeah. I mean, my. My number one is Damian Williams, and I don't, that makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> my number one is Carryon Johnson, EY. So, I mean, you can imagine. Look, I love Carryon Johnson. Don't get me wrong, but I, ideally, I wouldn't want him as my RB one. It's by my own doing. I could have taken a you know girly Joe Mixon, something like that, in the second round, but I opt to go. Yep. With, I opt to to, to to draft Zach Ertz because of the uh, the tight end premium that you get in this format. So, 
Yep. See so how it plays I, out. I have, I have Ertz too, buddy. Who did you end up taking in the fourth round, EY? Oh, geez, that's a good question. Um, I don't even have Dame Williams, Ertz, uh, Matt Ryan. Oh, so yeah, you probably took Ryan there in the fourth. Yeah, because I think I think we're in the fourth now. Yeah, so Matt Ryan's available for me. Oh no, I, I took I took Hopkins first, then Ertz, then Williams, then I just took Ryan, and I'm up in about three or four picks. I took Andrew Luck. I'm not holding up my draft. There you go. All right. Well, I, I have a similar uh, debate right now. Internal I, debate. I could take Matt Ryan. Right? Well, that's where I want you to start because because Frank is at the end of his draft. The end of the. Um, End of the round, essentially. He has 11 picks, so he's coming back around. He has, like, 24 more picks or 22 more picks until he would go again. He does not have a quarterback. It's a super flex league, and he's deciding ultimately between uh, a running back, wide receiver, or the quarterbacks, and one of the quarterbacks he's choosing between is Matt Ryan. Um, Eric just explained why he's so high on Matt Ryan this year, and a lot of people are, Frank, given that he plays, like, 12 of 16 games, something along those lines, inside the Dome. Dirk Cutter is back. I believe it's his first nine games of the season are in a Dome. Yeah, so a lot of good signs of Matt Ryan. And yet you said off the air, you don't want anyone to hear, I'm going to blow your spot up anyway, <laughs> that Matt Ryan is not your next quarterback necessarily because you're super high on Carson Wentz, somebody we talked about yesterday. How come you like Wentz more than Ryan? What do you expect from Matt Ryan this year? So for me, Matt Ryan is just, he's a tough one to figure out because if you look at his yearly production, his touchdowns fluctuate so much. It just seems like... He goes bananas in uh, in even years, and then in odd years, it just he forgets how to throw touchdowns. I think a lot of that has been because he's had new offensive coordinators in odd years, and you know, it, for Matt Ryan, he usually takes a year under an OC before he gets the hang of the playbook, and you know, really feels comfortable in that offense. Now, it is worth noting he has a new offensive coordinator, but is an offensive coordinator that he's worked with before in Dirk Cutter, and has had success working with in the past. So. I'm not as worried about it for Matt Ryan. I think it's more so that I just really like Carson Wentz this year, Greg. I'm not really downplaying Matt Ryan. He's still going to be a top 10 quarterback for me, but I just look at Carson Wentz, and you know, I said this about Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs last year. I just don't see how Carson Wentz can fail outside of injuries because obviously he has, uh, he has the knee, and, and he suffered from that last year. But in terms of his offensive line, uh, the play calling, the offense in general, the weapons that he has around him, Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, they bring in Deshaun Jackson, who makes every quarterback around him better. Every quarterback that Deshaun Jackson has played with, he makes better because he adds another element to the offense that most teams don't have. I mean, he is still a really, really good deep threat. We saw that last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they have a really good you know, a crop of running backs, Greg. So I just don't really see how Carson Wentz can fail outside of injury. So as of right now, I would, I would draft Carson Wentz ahead of Matt Ryan. And that's currently what I'm wrestling with. Any response there, Eli? I, I'm, I can't argue with that at this point. I mean, I really like Ryan. I was super happy to get him, uh, being it is that is a, a super flex league in the Scott Fishbowl. But um, the thing that Frank said has made me think, like, look, Wentz is, is 10 times the runner that Matt Ryan is. Matt Ryan doesn't run. But I believe the Atlanta offense is going to be strong this year. I think they're going to whip it all over the place. I don't think they're going to rely on the run as much as they have because Freeman, I think, is effective. But I think they're going to want to limit him and keep him keep him fresh for later on in the year. And when he has tons of work, he gets hurt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's apples and oranges, I think, at this point, this far out from the season. But uh, I like what Fred, Frank said about Wentz. I'm thinking about maybe moving him up a little bit. 
Oh, look at that. And I remember uh, a couple of years ago, it was two years ago, when we were doing uh, the same program, uh, EY was one of the highest on the Eagles offense, and that was Zach Ertz's breakout year. That was Carson Wentz's you know, near MVP season as well. So, EY, you know what it's like to be a huge fan of Carson Wentz and this Eagles offense. So, I'm happy I'm able to slightly talk you into him. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Devontae Freeman potentially wearing down. He comes back, and he missed almost all of last year, right? It was, it was a lost year for Devontae Freeman. And yet, this team still let Tevin Coleman walk and didn't really add all that much. Devontae Freeman walks back into training camp, back into the Falcons' offense as the lead dog. Edo Smith is there, but this is once again Freeman's team. Frank, I go to you again first because this is another guy you were totally off last year. You hated Devontae Freeman last year. We dra- and you guys made me draft him. I was and I'll never let you, f- I'll never forgive you. I was getting there. Um, <laughs> We made you draft him, for sure. And it did not work out. But you were just telling me in Scott's Fishbowl, you were going to draft the running back, it's going to be Devontae Freeman. Are you back in? Uh, slightly. I think the discount that you're getting in his ADP right now, if you're getting him you know, at the end of the third round, early fourth round, whereas in years past you had to use a late first round pick, last year you had to use a mid-second round pick on him, I like the... You know, the, the discount in ADP that you're getting right now on Devontae Freeman. Again, he's still going to be the lead workhorse running back on a really good offense. He should have scoring opportunities. It's just a matter of health. Look, I can run down all the injuries that he's had. Last year alone, it was a knee bruise, a foot contusion. Uh, he, had a, he had groin surgery, which shut him down for the rest of the season. He's had three concussions in his career. He's had an MCL, a PCL sprain. I mean, this guy is basically being held together by duct tape. But if you look at the other running backs that are going around his range, I would rather have on Johnson. I would rather have Aaron Jones. But once those guys are off the board, Devonta Freeman and Mark Ingram, to me, represent the last, really, tier or crop of running backs that are going to be the starter for their respective teams, what I expect to be fairly respectable offenses. So if you could get either of those guys in the you know early fourth round... I don't really have a problem. I, I kind of like the discount that you're getting Devonta Freeman at this year. And you can get Ito Smith for basically nothing, who is his handcuff. So, I mean, yeah, why not just invest your fourth and your you know, second or third to last round pick on the Falcons' backfield, and I, I think you're good to go. I, I like the discount that you're getting on Freeman this year. What about you, EY? Are you back in on Devontae Freeman? Yeah, I like the, the discount, too. Look, he's I think he's only 27 years old. This is not an old back. He gets hurt because the way he runs, and he's a small he's a small guy. He's thick, but he's he's small, and he runs like a lunatic. Uh, that's the kind of guy I want on my team. I, I think Freeman has a big year this year. And look, like we could sit here and say whatever we want. Predicting injury and predicting touchdowns is like as good a chance of predicting when lightning's going to strike. So don't don't concern yourself with that stuff. If you like the offense, Freeman's going to be the guy. Like, Edo Smith is not going to take away. He's only going to go off the field when he's tired, and he's only 27. I think this is a big year for Freeman. Devontae Freeman's going to get every opportunity, and I agree. I'm, I'm with both of you. I think this... Um, I think that this year, getting that discount... It's well worth it. It's well worth it. He's talented. If he could just bounce back healthy, I know you don't ever like to say that with running backs, but it's true. If he could bounce back healthy, you're in a prime position to draft Devontae Freeman with a massive, massive discount here. I mean, realistically, Greg, once you get past those top 21 running backs, Mark Ingram included, uh, Derek Henry, I'll include him because he's going to be what we expect to be the workhorse for the Titans. It's 
David Montgomery, who's getting extremely hyped up right now for the hype. Chicago Bears, but we don't really know what his workload is going to be, whether or not he's going to be the workhorse for the Bears. They still have Tariq Cohen. There's uh, there's Kenyon Drake. There's Sony Michelle. There's Philip Lindsay. There's James White. And I just named you know the five six running backs that are going after Devonta Freeman. Those guys are not the workhorse for their respective teams. I mean, they might turn out to be, but you know we haven't seen Kenyon Drake do it. I love Kenyon Drake. But we haven't seen him do it yet or, or earn that over the course of a full season. Uh, and the Dolphins' offense is not going to be a good one. I mean, you have question marks with all these guys. Sony Michelle, I mean, he hasn't even touched a football field yet this year. I mean, people are worried about his knee injury. Phillip Lindsay coming off a huge injury as well. James White, uh, I mean, he should be solid in full-point PPR leagues. But, you know, in half PPR, non-PPR, how much do you trust him? So I, I think you have question marks with all the running backs that are going in this range. And at least Devonta Freeman... We do expect him to be the starter for Absolutely. his team. Should Absolutely. be the goal line back for his team on a really good offense as well. He can still catch passes. I don't, you know, he's not going to be the guy who caught like 70 passes anymore, but can he come close to 50 receptions, maybe exceed 50? If he's healthy, sure, I think he can. So I think that where he's going in that you know early fourth round range, that's a good price tag. I agree, and this is a guy, remember, they paid. They paid him a couple of years ago. Yeah, so they want to get something out of him. Absolutely. They let Tevin Coleman walk. They ultimately made their decision when they decided to pay Freeman that he was going to be their guy long-term and not Tevin Coleman. Coleman is now in San Francisco. This is Devontae Freeman's team. I think there's a potential huge bounce back in store for Devontae Freeman this year. We have, like, three minutes left. <laughs> Uh, that was a, that was a two team preview. I thought it was a pretty good one. I, I agree. You know, I, if we were a two hour show today, it actually would have been perfect. Would have been really but it worked out well. We, you know, yeah, we could just you know done all fourteen for two hours. Yeah, so it worked out all right. It would have been perfect. So I I'm not. There you go. There's your Saints and your Falcons. I'm, I'm not going to start uh, Carolina and Tampa now. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. We'll do those tomorrow. We'll do we'll, we'll do those tomorrow. We yeah. have one hour again tomorrow. So so that makes sense. We'll finish out the NFC South tomorrow. So uh, tomorrow we have one hour again. We're going to do Carolina and Tampa Bay tomorrow. And there's a lot with Tampa Bay that we got to get to with Bruce Arians and a totally new offense there. Oh yeah, exactly. And then Carolina, pumped, there's pumped. a lot of questions. Pump for Tampa Bay, man. Pumped. Yeah. So and that seems to be the consensus, man. I mean, we'll give you a little preview, sneak peek into what we're going to talk about tomorrow. But I don't know how many people realize this. Chris Godwin is going in the fourth round of fantasy drafts right now. I, I that's, a of, that's a little out of control for me, but whatever. I mean, Tampa Bay's offense is going to be it's going to be a thing for sure. And the, the I thought they were going to be really, really good offense last year. It didn't really click for them. I think Winston getting hurt. I think this is a big year for him. I think this is a big year for Mike Evans. And I believe Ronald Jones is going to be the running back to own there. Oh God, here we go. I'm Ronald pumped to Jones talk about it tomorrow. I'm not going to free Rojo. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about tomorrow. And look, Chris Godwin's going in the fourth round, and you can actually justify it because of this downfield passing attack that Bruce Arians likes to employ. They're going to throw the football a ton, and there's a lot of targets up for grabs. I mean, Deshaun Jackson is not there anymore. Adam Humphreys is not there anymore. It's three main cogs in the passing attack. It's Mike Evans. It's Chris Godwin. We haven't even mentioned O.J. Howard yet, who is one of the most physically gifted, if not the most physically gifted, tight end in all of football right now. And I don't think that's an overstatement. Even with the Kelseys of the world and Zach Ertz of the world, O.J. Howard is physically imposing. And we're going to get to all that tomorrow. We are going to get to all that tomorrow. EY, it's been a blast. Great to have you back. Yeah, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Talk, guys. Absolutely. Let's all right. do it. We're done, Frank. That hour was quicker than ever. Yeah. I learned so much. See what happens when we get our good brother, Eric Young, back in the mix. Oh, I see what you did there. For Frank Snapple and Eric Young, I am Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the BFFs. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.
from the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Here's what you missed on the BFFs. Can Alvin Kamara finish as the number one overall player? And I think the answer to that is yes. Like, I think he has that ability. That's why he's being drafted in the top four to be the number one overall player. But, Frank, I'll start with you with this question. I named all the backups, Murray, Buck Allen, and Dwayne Washington. Can any of them cut a slice out of Alvin Kamara's touches like we've seen in the past from Mark Ingram? Do any of them take that much of the pie? I don't think any of them will take as much as Mark Ingram did. I don't I don't think that they will all combine really for what Mark in- Ingram was able to provide for this offense. I think Latavius Murray is going to come closest to that, but Remember, Mark Ingram had a two-year stretch where he caught like over 50 passes in each of those years. He was a top 10 running back in both uh, 2016 and 2017. Kind of got derailed last year because he had the suspension. He came back later, uh, wasn't really quite himself, and it seemed like the Saints knew all along that they were going to let him walk at the end of the season. So I think that's why they leaned a little bit more on Alvin Kamara, on Michael Thomas. Uh, But I do think Latavius Murray will come closest to that Mark Ingram role. Uh, And look, Latavius Murray has been a good touchdown scorer In his career, he has 34 career rushing touchdowns in 77 games. Only 48 of those are starts. So, I mean, and if you think about it, 34 career touchdowns in 48 starts, that's a pretty good ratio. He's he's a... He's a touchdown scorer. He's someone that can be used inside the red zone. 25 of his 34 career rushing touchdowns have come from within 10 yards. So, I, I think that, you know, there's a chance that he's going to score anywhere from like six to eight, nine touchdowns this year for the New Orleans Saints, but I don't think that he's going to be used in the pass game as much as Mark Ingram was. How come? I just don't think that he's as good as a pass catcher as Mark Ingram. So I think a lot of people look at Alvin Kamara yeah. and they're like, oh, he's almost a better pass catcher. No, I was talking that. about Latavius Murray. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, I mean, Alvin Kamara is going to get his. Got it. His first two seasons, up over 100 targets, exactly 81 receptions. You know, I would, I would expect at least that. Right. 100 targets, 80 right. receptions. And with Mark Ingram gone and the fact that Latavius Murray, I believe, is not as good of a pass catcher totally agree. as Ingram, you might even have room for Alvin Kamara's reception totals and target totals to increase. So given that those numbers are awesome, as, as amazing as we expect, why aren't you taking him number one overall? I think just because of the safety that a Saquon Barkley provides in terms of his snap, his snap percentage, his usage overall, as much as he's going to touch the ball, both rushing and receiving. Look, as great as Alvin Kamara is, he is one of the most efficient players in the NFL. And I don't really think that efficiency is going to go away. A lot of people thought, you know, last year the efficiency was going to go away. He scored 13 touchdowns as a rookie, four, uh, 18 total last year. So the efficiency didn't go anywhere. But the fact that... Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott and Christian McCaffrey are all going to touch the ball more consistently than Alvin Kamara. That's why I think people might lean with them over Kamara 